We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to 670 The Score. Cody Decker, former professional baseball player turned professional smartass on the radio. And we have been doing a lot of talking on 670 The Score about the Cubs, about opening day. Because, again, this is a holiday. I don't care who you are, what you are. It is opening day. It's a holiday. School should have been canceled today. My school was. I sat at home, watched Cubbies all day. Watching games right now, although a bunch of rain delays right now. I'm looking very forward to seeing the Mets play. Looking forward to the Padres taking the field in a little bit. Dodgers playing tonight. Freddie Freeman making his Major League debut with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Let's get away from baseball. Let's sit around talking about baseball for an hour. You know we don't talk enough about? Football. That's why we're going to do it now. That's right. We got somebody coming on. Talk a little bit of Bears with us. We got the NFL draft coming up. Also, we got to see what else is going on around the NFL with some QB shuffles and everything above and below. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the Circa Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino, home of the large, world's largest sports book. He is Hub Arkush. How you doing, Hub? I'm so glad to have you back over here. He's executive editor of Pro Football NFL Insider. How you doing, brother? I'm good, Cody. How you doing? Oh, you know, I'm living the dream, man. It's opening day. We got lots and lots of sports. NBA going to hit the playoffs soon. Everything about life seems like it's okay. Hey, the Cubs are undefeated. What more can we ask for? Best team in Chicago right now. I've been saying it all show. Uh, so, Hub, tell me, uh, we got the NFL draft coming up. Let's just start with that before we get into anything else with the Bears. Currently, Bears... You know, not exactly sitting in the most ideal draft slot. What are they looking to improve upon in the draft this year? Well, you know, I, I think everybody who follows the team closely knows that they've got significant needs in a number of positions. They are in a complete rebuild. We weren't certain about that initially when they decided to move on from Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and bring in Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. So, uh, you know, I, I would think clearly a focus on wide receiver. They do not have a second starting safety. They don't have a starting Sam linebacker. They don't have a starting right guard right now. So, uh, you know, those four positions you'd keep an eye on the most. You, you do have to consider, we don't really know if Larry Borum is going to end up staying a tackler going into guard. So they could very well draft a tackle as well. But I'd be surprised if 38 and 49 and 71 weren't used at those four positions. Yeah, we're, you know, looking at this team and the moves they have made so far, you know, it doesn't look like they've done anything with their, you know, 
nothing really with their offensive side. A little bit on the O-line a little bit. But is it wise to even do a rebuild right now, considering the state of that division? You know, Cody, it's a great question. I, I think people are wondering... Where are the Packers at? You, you know, Aaron Rodgers said that he didn't want to be part of a rebuild, and he comes back, and then the next thing you know, they're dealing Devontae Adams, their starting center, Lucas Patrick, comes to Chicago. Uh, you know, they had a few other players that they didn't want to lose get away. Now, they were able to keep Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas on defense, which was a big deal. So they're still the favorites in the division, but they are not, you know, head and shoulders above everybody else the way they were with Adams. As long as they have Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be the favorite. Vikings could be improved, uh, but the division is probably a little more up for grabs than it's been for the last four or five years. So from that respect, you'd think, boy, it would have been nice to compete. But I think that they reached the point where the best they had to hope for with a reload is maybe they could be good enough to get to the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game. But there just wasn't enough there to be a serious Super Bowl contender. There wasn't enough room on the cap to do it in free agency. So, you know, probably makes sense to clear it all out. Uh, they're not going to be all that good this year, regardless of what they do. But there are one-year turnarounds in the league, and they're going to have more cap space than anybody else in the league next year. And they're going to have their first-round draft pick back. So hopefully it's a short hiatus. But uh, I think they probably did go in the right direction. You know, on the flip side, you mentioned that, yeah, it would be nice to compete this season with this team right now, especially with the state of the division. But with this team currently in their full rebuild mode, do you think that it's possible for them to rebuild enough with the division in the state that it's in that they could draft smart? They could still get a couple of free agents to really put a competing team that maybe could be that team that could sneak into the playoffs and take a game. You know, it's a fair question, and I will say that, you know, with time to reflect on it, I'm a little more pleased with the free agency signings they've made than I was originally. You've got younger veterans, particularly Nick, Nicholas Morrow, uh, maybe Al-Kasim Mohammed, certainly uh, Justin Jones. These guys could be pretty good football players, and so now if you had a few more starters in the draft, you're better than you thought you were going to be. The question is, who's Justin Fields? You know, they haven't done anything on the offense. They've got to surround him with weapons. And is he going to take a step forward this year? So if he does, he takes a big step forward, yeah, then they could surprise some people. Talking with Hub Arkosh right now, executive editor of Pro Football NFL Insider. Listen, um, yeah, who is Justin Fields? That is a burning <laughs> question in Chicago and, quite frankly, throughout the entire NFL. In your opinion... Who do you think he is? Do you think he actually is this player that just hasn't had an opportunity to be surrounded with the right talent? Or do you think it's one of those flash-in-the-pan situations that we're just going to be moving on from in two years? I, I tend to believe the beginning, the, the, my first thought, but it could be the latter. Yeah, it could go either way. But, uh, Cody, I'm excited about him. I mean, he's got all the traits. This is a guy who has the physical tools to be a franchise quarterback. And he has great leadership skills, he's very bright, he's coachable, so it checks all the boxes. The issue is that the reason that he was the fourth quarterback taken last year, there were concerns about his field generalship. Could he read defenses? Could he make decisions? And he didn't last year as a rookie. Now, that's why you don't play rookie quarterbacks. So what we don't know is did he take a step back, or was it a learning process, and now he's ready to go this year? Well, Hub, looking throughout the rest of the league, let's get away from the Bears a little bit. Um, you know, you already mentioned everything in the division. What's a division that you're really excited about? You know, I, I have been famous on 670 The Score for being the resident Raiders mark, which is, you know, something that I both wear with shame and pride. Um, but that division, that AFC West, looks insane. Is there any other division that stacks up even remotely close to that division? 
You know, Cody, you may appreciate this, but I'm, I'm older than most. And my mentor growing up in the game was Al Davis. And so I like <laughs> Yeah, I've, and he, by the way, yes, he was as different and as much of a maverick as you've ever met, but he was a good man and uh, really meant a lot to me and my family. So I've always been a Raiders fan, you know, after the Bears, if you will. But uh, yeah, the AFC West is the division. I mean, look at how loaded they are. Any one of those four teams could go to the Super Bowl. You know, they've all got some work to do, but they've all got that kind of talent that if it goes right, they stay healthy. That could be where the AFC champion comes from. You know, you mentioned that, and like I said, I'm a Raider fan, and I, and as a fan, you know, I have a quarterback that I do truly appreciate in Derek Carr, but he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, it seems like, and he's not even top three in his own division at the moment. Should we expect much out of Denver this year bringing on Wilson? Well, you know, Russell Wilson is a great quarterback, hasn't been for the last year and a half or so. That's probably more injury than anything else. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know if the way to approach that is to rank these guys so much as that, you know, clearly Mahomes is in a league of his own, but you look at the four of them, any one of them is good enough with the right team around them to, to, to win football games and beat the other teams. You know, and I think that's what's so intriguing about that division right now. Yeah. Hey, um, you know, with the news in Tampa Bay, of course, of Tom Brady coming back, and I'm sure you've had to answer this question at nauseum, but really, what does this really do for not just that team, that division, but the league itself? Is this, is he going to come out and compete next year in an MVP caliber year at age, what, 43? Or are we going to finally start seeing some decline? Well, I mean, he got 16 All-Pro votes last year, or last this past season, so uh, the decline isn't there yet. He did have a couple games that were very unbrady-like. You'd expect that from a 43-year-old, um, but you know his his workout regimen, his preparation, the way he takes care of his body—it's all legendary. And so, I'm not counting the guy out until it happens on the field. Now, remember, Brett Favre was the same way, and then when it went at the end, it went really quickly. So. You know, it could be one of those deals where by week eight, week nine, we're thinking he shouldn't have come back. But right now, there's no signs of that. And what his coming back did was it allowed the Bucks, who were getting ready to go into a rebuild of their own, instead to bring back pretty much everybody else. And they are now, you know, definitely a contender in the NFC once again, at least until we see if Brady is still Brady. Well, also thinking about that, defending champions going into this year, the Los Angeles Rams. What are the odds or chances of this team possibly repeating OBJ, question marks around him. Um, is this a team that can compete without him? Oh, yeah. I mean, Cody, Allen Robinson at this stage of their careers is an upgrade over OBJ. Mm -hmm. We just don't know coming off the second ACL what you're going to have there. But you put A-Rob now across from Cooper Cup, and then you add Bobby Wagner in the middle of that defense. And, and you know, they've lost a few other pieces, but I think they may be better now than they were you know, on February the 13th or whatever the date was when they won the Super Bowl. So to me, they are clearly the favorite going in. And, uh, you know, you, you get a handful of teams like this. That it's as much about good health as anything, and you just can't predict that. But if that team stays healthy, they are loaded on both sides of the football. Kind of doubling back to the draft one more time. Uh, is there a player in the draft that will be an impact player this season? Oh, I think there's a handful of them. Uh, you know, the odds are on Aiden Hutchinson. He's probably going to be the, the first draft pick out of Michigan. Uh, and then you've got a kid from Oregon, the other edge rusher, Jalen uh, Thibodeau, coming up next. They, they both will be. Um, I think Evan Neal, the big left tackle from Alabama, is going to be special. 
um, you know, the wide receivers. The problem with the wide receivers is that most of them are, not most of them, but a lot of them are coming off injuries, and so it's a little harder to project them, but there's at least three or four. Uh, you know, Jameson Williams is coming back from the ACL, so he probably won't be ready until midseason, but you look at Traylon Burks and a few of these other kids, uh, I think all these guys could be potential impact players. Kyle Hamilton, the, the safety from Notre Dame, may be the best player in the draft. He's the one guy that just based on your scouting reports, you might take ahead of Hutchinson. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of top-end talent, but, uh, you know, that's what makes this so much fun every year and so hard to figure is you can't count the number of can't-miss kids who've missed and the number of, you know, undrafted free agents and fifth- and sixth-rounders who become all pros. We're talking with Hub Arkosh, of course, of uh, editor of Pro Football NFL Insider. Uh What's a team that you think, even even though we haven't even gotten into the draft yet, we haven't had a significant amount of offseason, but what's a team you think we're not talking about enough next year that we think could actually surprise us come towards, mm-hmm. you know, come January? Mm-hmm. Well, I won't say we're not talking about them enough because I think a lot of people are talking about them, but the Miami Dolphins have had quite an offseason. Uh, and when you look at the personnel adjustments there, there, there is reason to believe that they are a serious contender. Uh, the Buffalo Bills everybody's talking about. Of course, they were in the title game last year, but they've gone all in. And so you can't not talk about them enough. I know you're looking you know, more for a surprise. Um, I think the Baltimore Ravens, who didn't make the playoffs and lost, what, six of their last seven or something like that, uh, are going to bounce back and, and be very good if Lamar Jackson can stay healthy. Um, you know, I look at the... Uh, uh, the Houston Texans are kind of interesting. Um, yeah, and I, I don't want to get excited about it. I don't think they're really a contender, but I think they're going to be a better football team with Lovey Smith as the coach. And then we talked about the AFC West. You got to look at all four of those. You come over to the NFC. Um, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles were coming on pretty strong at the end of the year. They obviously weren't ready for the playoffs when they got there. But you look at the draft capital that they have right now and how strong they finished the second half of the season. If Jalen Hurts is the real deal at quarterback, I think he could surprise some people. And then I know how crazy this is going to sound, but I like what Dan Campbell is doing in Detroit. And I don't think they're a contender. I'm so glad you said it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I am not, uh, and I please don't take offense because I know BetQL is all the, the, the thing right now, and I enjoy your work. I'm not a player. I, I don't really gamble much, but I am really, I don't gamble at all, actually, but I am really curious <laughs> to see what the total is going to be on the Lions because, you know, the public is going to probably make that number four or five, and if it's anything less than seven, I would probably be tempted to jump on it. Ooh, a little bit of gambling advice right there, and I love it because you know me. I am the baseball gambling guy. Hub Arkush, thank you so, so much for joining me here. Executive editor of Pro Football, NFL Insider. I cannot thank you enough. Follow him on Twitter, Hub Arkush, at Hub Arkush, underscore, in between the names. Thank you so much for joining me on 670 The Score, man. All right, a quick word of caution, though, Cody. Never take gambling advice from a guy who doesn't gamble. So, you know, I, that I is... you probably know that, too. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a very fair point. That is a quick caveat. Always throw that in last second. Thank you so much for joining me on 670 The Score. Guys, you just joined me on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino, home of the world's largest sports book. Guys, when we come back, we're going to go talk a little NBA. And, of course, later on, I'm going to take you guys all down the line right here on 670 The Score. Boston's going to win the season series 2-1. They will eat the 24 clock. And with 8.8 seconds left, it'll be Bulls Bowl. 117.94 117.94 Boston. Io dribbles it out. Ball game over. Boston 117. Bulls 94. 
darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you. 670 the score. Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smart ass on the radio. And uh, let, let's uh, don't don't stop now, Tyler. Keep playing. Sleeping. Let it let it sink in. Let it sink into your soul. That was planted. Let Simon and and Garfunkel into your soul, Bulls fans. Yeah. We're not going to be silent right now about it, though, because we need to talk about it because we got the one and only. He is the executive producer of the Bernstein Rahimi Show here on 670 The Score. Bulls Insider joining me on Circa Resort Casino's uh, hotline. Circa Resort Casino, home of the world's largest sports book. He is the one and only Rick Camp. Rick, Rick, Rick. You and I have discussed it. We have discussed it on this show, in fact, where we talked about how we did not like the Bulls' setup going forward, especially their schedule going forward. But did we expect this to happen? Yeah, not quite like this. This is uh, this is a special brand of of whatever this has been since the All Star break for the Bulls. And I I just tweeted out something that I, I wanted to look uh look a couple things up because Billy Donovan mentioned that you know they're really basically getting killed on the margins, which I think is partially a shot at, at how many mid rangers they take. So the Bulls since the All Star break have taken 20.4% of their shots as long mid-rangers. So basically, like, past the free throw line, more or less. Number mm-hmm. four number four in the league is around 12.9%. That's, like, kind of the start of your statistical blob. That's the same difference between one and four as four to 28. So in the Let league. Be- oh, no, go ahead. Sorry, so that that just basically just means the Bulls aren't just taking the most three um, long mid-rangers in the league. They're taking the most by a country mile, and they're not hitting them at the rate that they did earlier in the year to make up for the difference of how many other shots at the rim or threes that other teams are making. So the question is, why aren't they making the adjustment? Partially the nature of some of the players. It's been much more DeMar DeRozan-focused since you had Caruso and Lonzo Ball out, and he's the master of the mid range or whatever, you know, everybody's called him this year. And he's just, he was hitting every mid ranger under the sun in the first half of the year. And it was just one of those things where it was going to come down to earth at some point. And then it was going to be, would DeRozan adjust and everybody else around them. But it's partially a roster construction thing where they just don't have enough healthy shooters at the moment. Like Lonzo was the big volume three point shooter on the starting unit. And without him, then you're putting in a guy like, Iodasumu, who's been great for his draft position, but he's not much of a shooter and teams lag off of him. So then they're able to cheat on everybody else. And that also means with other non-shooters out there, there's less room for the guys that can shoot or that are really good scorers. And it's this whole trickle down effect that's led to the Bulls offense getting really stagnant and uh, leading to a lot of what we've seen. Well, you mentioned it just there, you know, the injury to Lonzo, to, to Ball and the injuries that have taken place. As Bulls fans, how much solace can you take in saying, well, it's because of injury? Some, because when, every, <laughs> because like there's just so much that's gone wrong. Like I had, I had a conversation last night when I was doing Bulls post with, a, with a, one of the texters who was saying, well, Lonzo's this elite point guard, and if you get him back, and I'm like, well, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit on that. Lonzo's a really good, a really solid point guard 
for transition purposes. He's elite in transition, but he's more of a, a wing guy in the half court because the Bulls have had half court offensive issues and yet they're in half court more often. They don't push the ball as much when Lonzo's not there because he's so good at getting the ball out when the Bulls get a rebound and looking for that hit ahead pass. And that's not the nature of the other guys on this team quite as much. So he makes a big difference. He's a good defensive player, but not not to this level to where there's defensive effort concerns. You just have a lot of one-way players. So when you don't have every single player to make up for each other's you know, inefficiencies, then it starts to go down pretty quickly. Hmm. Looking at the Bulls, they've only had four wins this season against top four teams in both the East and West. Is it foolish to even expect expect might not be the right word is it foolish to really think this team can compete going deep into the playoffs uh deep in the playoffs as in past five games of the first round yes or okay <laughs> that, that's that's pretty much it because so here's to expand on that part of it so i looked this up because i'm a nerd uh the bulls this season so a top six seed against teams that are top 10 in net rating so not necessarily the 10 best records, but te- teams have played the best this season. They are 4-22 and with a net rating of minus 12.3, which is 26th of any team in the NBA this season. And historically, for any top six seed, it is the worst record and worst net rating of any top six seed since the 2003-2004 season. Yikes. Okay, well then, nah, knowing what we're most likely going to run into going into yeah. this playoffs, what do the Bulls need to do this offseason? Who's going to be available? What can they do to bolster this roster? How can this team get over the hump? Because right now, looking at the standings, the way they are set up, you know, the Bulls finishing six when they were you know two all throughout the entire season. Miami Heat seems like they're not going to go anywhere. Boston Celtics seem like they're only getting better and better. And obviously, the Bucks have no intention of stopping anytime soon. What can the Bulls even do? They're a little limited because they have space, but they're going to, you can only assume they're going to sign Zach Levine to a max uh, extension. So that's going to eat up a lot of the cap space. Now it's also what they can do is also dependent on how much of a luxury tax bill the, uh, the owners or well, the Reinsdorfs are willing to, to foot for because they clearly with the, some of the moves they've made, they've they're showing like, listen, we know we're going to have to pay some sort of luxury tax. It's just a matter of how much, because the other thing too, is if you say, okay, well maybe they want to keep the salaries around the same, then you have to look more in the trade route, but they're also out to first round picks still. So they'll have their first round pick this year, but then next year it goes to Orlando. Then they'll have their own again. And then in 25, they owe one to San Antonio for the uh, DeRozan sign and trade. So it's one of those things where this year's been a blast. And if you said before the year without any other context, hey, the Bulls are going to be the sixth seed. They're going to be around a 45 win team. People would have signed up for it. But it's what you had to give up to get to mediocrity. That is the question. And that's where it's going to hurt them because it limits their flexibility moving forward. Maybe someone wants to to take Vooch at thinking of him as okay last year of his contract type guy maybe that's what they that's what a team values so you could get more for him than maybe you could just based off a of play 
but that's also a big question and that'd be a very specific fit. And then at that point you're looking for a center that's more defensive minded, but also one that doesn't take away too much from the offense. Cause Vooch has been important to them, at least as a passer, even recently, as much as he struggled shooting the ball. So there's no easy way to, to truly improve this team a lot, but I mean, this front office clearly has shown that they have a plan. So I'm, I'm trying to give them as much benefit of the doubt as I can and basically try and think of this season as a an incomplete because they, they need more than one year to be able to execute their plan completely. So I'm willing to trust them and see what they got because, hey, if I was smart enough to figure out what they were doing, then hopefully I'd be in that type of gig too. We are talking with Bulls insider Rick Camp, of course, also the producer of the Bernstein Rahimi Show, right here on 670 The Score uh, on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino, home of the world's largest sports book. Um, you know, you mentioned the shooting problems that this team has been having lately. Listen, Kobe White went from being one of the hottest shooters, arguably, in basketball, and now he's been absolutely cold these last few games. Do you feel like he has much of a future with the Bulls? And if so, what is it? I think it's I think that's one of the most fascinating things for this offseason. That could be where like if you're going to find some value somewhere of making a move, maybe that's it because a team views him as hey, we're a microwave scorer away off the bench. Like kind of the role he's had here, but figure maybe if you put him in a better context overall, that could be what he ends up doing. I, I I'd be surprised if he's here long term. So I don't think I don't think that second contract is coming with the Bulls unless his market just completely dries up more than even I think than I think it will. So I think he's probably their number one trade piece this offseason just because they're, it would take a huge deal for them to trade Patrick Williams, even though Patrick Williams has been up and down since he's been back a little more up lately. But I think Kobe's the main guy that could be someone that gets moved so I don't think he has much of a future here but I could see them if his market comes down to the point where it's palatable for them being like hey he's a he's a hot and cold guy off the bench but that's kind of it's kind of what a lot of those microwave score your Lou Williams is your Jordan Clarkson's those types of guys it's that kind of that profile and he just fits right what he fits pretty well into it you know, looking at both in the current, the current, the current setup we have for the playoffs right now, is there any teams that are not in the top six in both divisions that you think could surprise people? I don't think Brooklyn doing anything would be considered surprising, but they're going to be in the play-in if they can, if they can even get through, because like they may be in the nine ten. So as we're talking right now, and obviously everybody's got like two games left, more or less, they're in the they're eight spot. Eight. Yeah, so they would yeah. have two chances to get in. So if they have two chances, I feel pretty confident. But if they're in that 9-10, and let's say it's against Charlotte, and then they have to face either Atlanta or Cleveland, like there's no guarantee there that they get in. In the West, the Clippers have been frisky lately. They're in the eight spot right now. So if they maybe get up, if they win that game against the Timberwolves and they take on the Memphis Grizzlies, now it sure sounds like John Morant's going to be back for the start of the playoffs and they've basically just been slow playing it because they're they're set in their seed. However, mm-hmm. Memphis can have some offensive issues from time to time. So if they just have some slow shooting games and the Clippers have been playing well with Paul George back, I could see the Clippers, if any, if any team from a play-in that's not the Nets is going to make any noise. I think it could be them. 
Okay. Well, on top of that, a follow-up question on the West. Mm-hmm. Do the Phoenix Suns finally do it? Can they finally win the NBA Finals? It seems like it's the team to do it. Everyone's got them favored to do it. But can they do it, considering the fact this is a franchise that just always seems to figure out a way to blow it? They really do. And uh, But, I, oh man, I always hate, and maybe it's getting more into the betting landscape that now it's like, oh, but the favorite's no fun. But... They're just so damn good. They're such a complete team. Like they've lost a couple games recently because they're they're limiting some guys' minutes, and just like watching a little bit of it, they're just bored. But like that team is such a, <laughs> they're such a machine that that I think when we get to the playoffs and you have the guys that can that can make plays off the dribble, they have a little bit of everything you need to win. I actually I do think that they are they're the they're the team to beat and I do believe that they're going to win the NBA finals. So for everybody else, you know, to to bring this back to something that I know is at your core, for everybody else, the Phoenix Suns are trouble, which is a capital T and that rhymes with P and it stands for the playoffs. Wow. 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 A bold bold music man <laughs> reference right here in the midst of a sports show. You're you know damn what? right. Takes... I was in the I was in the pit for that... it. Oh man, I can't stress enough that not enough people quote Professor Harold Hill here on on 670 the score. We need to change that daily. You and me, Rick Camp, every single time we can, <laughs> we're going to talk about him. He's a what? He's a what? He's a music man. He sells clarinets to the kids in the town. Rat-a-tat drums. Big brass bass. Big brass bass. Love it. <laughs> Question on the east before we cut before we shut it down. Yeah. Um the Boston Celtics. This team just seems like they're only getting better and better. Is this a team that can topple the Miami Heat on the Eastern Conference side? They absolutely can. I, I truly think any of those, if I had to power rank the top four of the East of who I think can can make it out, I'd probably still put Milwaukee one just because they've done it and they're still versatile. They're, they're still, they don't have that PJ Tucker type guy like they had last year, but I still think that they're doing just fine. And I put Boston too. I would take them over Philly or over Miami because as they showed against the Bulls, and maybe that's not the best sample, but just as they've shown really this calendar year, when after Marcus Smart was like, hey, Jalen, hey, Jason, how about we pass the ball a little bit more, guys? How about we you know, actually have real offense? They're still going to get theirs. They've done that, and they've been one of the best off. I think they have been the best offense in the NBA, and part of that is because the ball's been moving a lot better. If you look at the shot distribution, Tatum and Brown are still getting theirs, but it's more within the context of an offense. So it makes it so much more difficult for teams to defend instead of just really ISO heavy stuff. So I, and defensively, they're so good. They have no bad defenders out there in their normal rotation. It's really incredible what they're able to do and how they've put that team together and how Ime Udoka, their first year coach has been creative in how he uses their guys to, to maximize what they do. So I think probably at the moment, Marcus smarts, probably your favorite for defensive player of the year. Robert Williams is up there too, even though he's hurt and probably won't be back till the second round at the earliest. I don't think that's going to matter. And I think they're it really, to me, unless it's the two, three that it would be right now, a Boston Milwaukee series is essentially the Eastern conference finals to me. You know, we talked a lot about how sad it's been for the bulls as of late, but remember everyone in Chicago currently listening on six, to the score. I'm a Lakers fan. 
So it can always mm. be worse. It can yes, always, it can. always, always be worse. By the way, before we let you go, uh, I saw the uh, Bernstein Rahimi today over at Chicago, over at uh, Wrigley. Were you at Wrigley, or did you get to be in the warmth? Oh no, I was at Wrigley, and I was, and I was like all excited because for years, when you're the guy on the board. Like when you're the associate producer for one of these shows, every time they go on remote, you got to stay, you got to stay there. So every time, you know, in whatever iteration of show I worked though, they, they're going to spring training. Oh, they're going here. They're going there. They're having all this wonderful food. Oh, I'm stuck in the studio. This was my <laughs> first one. We literally lead off the show today with Jed Hoyer and like, and Jed was fantastic. He's trolling us because while he's looking down at us, literally looking down on us from his office, it was sleeting. So we're outside. It's sleeting. Jed's trolling us. And I'm like, all right, well, I got to go to a a remote for the first time in like five or six years. So there's that. But the food was good. So shout out to the the Budweiser Brickhouse Tavern for awesome food. He is the one and only Rick Camp. He is the producer of the Bernstein Rahimi Show. He is the Bulls insider. And by the way, if I was speaking to Jed Hoyer, I would have asked him one question. Dude, why didn't you like me in San Diego? Mm. He was my GM. He had Anthony Rizzo. He liked him more. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that kind of worked. <laughs> yeah, I guess it makes sense. It worked out for him. Fine, dude. Thank you so much for joining me, Rick, as always. Can't wait to talk to you soon. I'm sure I'll see you over on the Dan Bernstein Show. I'm sure I'll see you somewhere here on 670 The show Score. And I'm sure I'm seeing you somewhere in Chicago. You are the greatest. Always great to talk to you, man. My man, Rick Camp, executive producer, of course, the producer of the Dan Bernstein Rahimi Show and... Bulls Insider joining me on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino, home of the world's largest sports book. Guys, we're going to take our last break of the day. When I come back, I'm going to take you in a little bit down the line. We're going to talk some Major League Baseball futures because, again, it is the most important holiday ever. It's opening day, baby, right here on 670 The Score. And now it's time for Down the Line with former Major Leaguer Cody Decker on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station, presented by Circa Resort and Casino, home of the world's largest sports book. Welcome back to 670 The Score. Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio. Guys, you can check me out on Twitter at Decker6 and check me out over on Instagram, Antihero Baseball. Yes, you've heard it at the top of the show if you were listening at the time. Yes, I have the Big Time Baseball podcast with John Heyman that I do for Odyssey Sports. Not to mention Bet M- uh, Bet MGM MLB podcast powered by BetQL. That is a twice-a-week gambling podcast that we will be doing with Ryan Horvat. Uh, very excited to be doing that again this year. Not to mention a new show on the BetQL network on the weekends every single Saturday and the first Saturday this weekend, of course. It's called Bet for the Cycle, where we're going to be doing live gambling odds on all things Major League Baseball. And of course, starting next week, I'll be back right here on 670 The Score with more Down the Line with Cody Decker, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino, and I'm really, really excited about it. So I figured I'd give you a little preview Let's take you guys down the line a little bit right now and take a look at some futures odds that I really, really think you should be taking a look at. And earlier on in the show, we chatted a little bit about the Detroit Tigers, a team that I really like, a team that I feel like not enough people are talking about. They made some significant moves. Let's talk about Meadows, that trade they made this week. Huge trade. An all-star infielder to to, to comprehend, uh, just just so you comprehend that, putting that all-star infielder along with the signing of Javi Baez, along 
along with a pitching staff that is only growing and getting better and healthier. Scoobles coming back. They made some significant moves in the bullpen. I like this team, and they're currently sitting, according to the Vegas Sportsbooks, at 77 and a half wins. I think this is an 85-win team. Now, do I think they're a playoff team? Do I think everyone in Chicago should be terrified of the Detroit Tigers? No, I think the White Sox are still the best, best team in the division. But I do believe my man uh, Tyler has a little clip about whether or not you should be scared of the Detroit Tigers. He's pulling it up for you right now. But I don't think it's worth being scared of them. But I think they're a good team. And I do think it's a smart bet to go take a look at that 77 and a half and bet the over. I'm going over big time on their season total. And I think you should too. Even if you're a huge White Sox fan, you should. Do you have that clip? Let's play it right here. I mentioned this several times last season. Detroit's a problem, and uh, that's not changing. If you if and if folks don't believe me, like ah, the Tigers are trash and they're all young and whatever. If you take out their nine and twenty four start, an abysmal start last year. They were seven games above five hundred the West away, and the Sox saw firsthand how annoying they're going to be to play against. You have your culture changing manager in AJ Hinch, and he got his fingers in the organization a year ago. That's taken a hold. They were aggressive this offseason. They bring in Eduardo Rodriguez, which I think was one of the more underrated signings. I know Javi, Javi Baez is a polarizing player. You, you, you love him or you don't seem to care about him, but you, you know that he's going to be one of the straws that stirs the drink within the clubhouse emotionally. Yeah, that right there was uh, Steven Nelson talking about the Detroit Tigers. They, they're not a joke. I know it's easy to think of them as a joke because this last 10 years has really left a lot to be desired, but this is a pretty good ball club and they are going to be, they're going to be pests in the division. That's for sure. They're going to be pretty good in the AL central. And still, even though all these moves that were made over in Minnesota, man, I just don't know if the twins are real. I need some time to see it because last year I really thought they were real and we saw what happened in Minnesota, but looking out throughout the rest of the league, listen, you want something fun? I'll give you something fun, Chicago, because right now, taking a look at the futures market, let's take a look at the awards that are going to possibly be around. I want to take a look at American League's right now, the preseason odds. We have opening day to taking place today. Garrett Cole currently sitting at plus 400. Shane Bieber of the Guardians, plus 600. He had a game today, pitched quite well. Uh, Robbie Ray defending defending Cy Young Award winner over there in a new place in Seattle. He is currently sitting at plus 800. Who do I think is going to win the AL Cy Young? Well, I know you might be thinking I'm doing this with my heart, but I'm not. I truly believe at 10 to 1, your fourth best odds, Lucas Giolito has got a chip on his shoulder. I believe in this guy. I know what his workload is. He's come in at in probably the best shape of his life. And I always hate it when people say that, oh, he's in the best shape of his life. Everyone's in the best shape of their life. But he legitimately is. He put on like 10 pounds of muscle. You know how big that guy is? You ever seen Lucas Giolito up close? He looks like a member of the Omatakaya people from Avatar. Just a huge wingspan, lean, tall, gigantic, and also jacked out of his mind. Lucas Giolito is going to have himself one hell of a year, and currently he is my pick for your futures odds as for the AL Cy Young Award winner. What about the National League side? This is what's going to be very amazing. This is why everybody's going to say, oh, you're just picking with your heart because I'm picking my friends. Well, I have a lot of friends. He's currently pitching right now, and currently he doesn't actually look very good, but it's a very long season, and he's playing over there for the defending World Series champion Atlanta Braves, and he went to high school in the same graduating class as Lucas Giolito, 
Max Freed, I really believe in him as well. If he could pitch the way he did the second half of the season last year, he was throwing complete game shutouts at 85 pitches. The guy was unbelievable. For two months of the season, he was the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. He just didn't have the track record of the entire season. If he did that the whole season, he would have been in the top three in the vote-getters, but he wasn't. This year, I think that's going to change, and I think he's currently sitting at a nice, comfortable 18-1. to Check around the sports books and see what you can get. Take a look at your Circus Sports app, but really look around a little bit. Who are the guys that are interesting? Dylan Cease in the American League side is even interesting. They're giving him some pretty high odds. I don't think he should be at 16-1. to I like Dylan Cease a lot. In fact, you guys are going to hear me saying Dylan Cease's name a lot on down the line with Cody Decker brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino this year because every single time he pitches, I'm going to be talking up strikeout props because if there's one thing that Dylan Cease does, whether he's pitching amazing or he's having a tough outing, he K's up a storm. He is my strikeout prop king, Dylan Cease of the Chicago White Sox. You're going to hear me talking about Dylan Cease quite a bit this year. I'm looking for a very good season out of Dylan Cease. And of course, let's just go ahead and look at the futures market for division winners real quick because I talked about it earlier today. The Seattle Mariners, who I really like, they're currently sitting with the third best odds to win the division. They got the Angels with the second best odds right now at plus 400. At plus 450, you can get the Mariners. I think you got to jump on that while you can because I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Astros are the best team in the West anymore. I don't think they are. I don't even think they're the second best team in the West. Dare I say, I think they're the third best team. That's right. I said it. I think the Astros are the third best team in the AL West, and right now at plus 450, you better believe I'm taking a flyer on the Seattle Mariners. This team, I think, is ready to go. It's been 20 years since they've been in the playoffs. If you grew up in the 90s, you were a diehard Mariners fan. It didn't matter where you were from. You could have been in Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, China. It does not matter because you played Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest just like I did on Nintendo 64. Left, left, right, right, right. Left, left was a home run every single time. That was the cheat code when you played with Griffey. That's why you love baseball. I wear a backwards hat now because of Griffey. I'm currently on Zoom with producer Tyler. He is wearing a backwards hat. Is he doing it because of Ken Griffey Jr.? Yes. Did he say that? No, but that's what I'm saying, and he can't correct me because I turned off his microphone. That is false. I have control. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to pop in off that one. I really like the Mariners, man. At plus 450, I think that's good value. What do you got, Tyler? Uh, I currently don't have any bets on the MLB. I'm not the best better. I just kind of I throw in a little few extra dollars in there if I have it and just hope for the best. <laughs> Yeah, but Tyler, you're going to be joining me quite a bit this season on Down the Line with Cody Decker brought to you by Circuit Resort Casino. So it's time to get you in on the game, brother. I think I think by the end of this season, you're going to be an expert. You're going to start taking everything. I don't want to brag, but I was 87% in all the bets I gave out last season. I don't know if that's good, but I hear it's higher than 50%. Not a math guy. I actually am a bit of a math guy, but, but not like rudimentary math. You got to give me like actually difficult mathematics. If you give me subtraction or addition, if you ask me seven plus five, I'm going to take 10 seconds. I I don't know why. Tipping, tipping is the worst. Tipping on a $23 bill and 43 cents is going to take me 20 minutes to do that rudimentary at mathematics. But if you give me like 
Some hardcore stats to break down? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. I need to bring a calculator out about just for about any sort of math. Oh, yeah. See, normally I would too, but only for math. Only for subtraction and addition. As smart as I am, I am so stupid. I'm the damn dumbest smart guy I know. Guys, it's been fun. We've said it all. We've been through it all. I want to thank my guests today for joining me talking all things Bulls, Bears, Cubs, White Sox, life. Tyler, I want to thank you. You made me sound way better than I probably deserved. So thank you for joining me today for this two-hour run that we just had. Absolutely, man. And like I said in my tweet is we were just so damn good last week, they put us together again this week. I swear to God, one of these days, these guys might start paying me money. Who knows? Who knows? Probably not, though. Guys, that's been it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me here on 670 The Score. Down the line with Cody Decker, brought to you by Circa Resort Casino, is going to be back next week. I'm going to be here. Man, Tyler's going to be here. You guys should be there, too. Keep it real out there. Be safe. Have fun. Enjoy opening day. That's it for me. Seriously. Beat it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.